0: It's not just the compound, but it becomes the totality of drugs.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You could use our code THINK for some additional savings. Dave, I just bought some... Uh, what do we got here? I bought some beta alanine and some citrulline malate. This will be keep me pumped during my workouts. What's up with you?
0: right. You bought that or you got it for nothing?
1: No, I bought it. I bought it with my own money.
0: Oh, using your own discount code?
1: Of course. Of course. (laughs) Why would I not? I use the code THINK. I get some additional savings. I support the programming and I buy some supplements. Uh... Guys, today we have a topic for you. Uh, Plus, of course, we have your listener questions from the previous episode. Uh, Before we get to them, we are going to discuss the worst steroid ever that sounds so clickbait doesn't it the worst steroid what's the worst steroid ever it you know?
0: is clickbait i mean fucking hell of course it's clickbait we it want is followers that's why we do this shit
1: but here's here's <laughs> the deal though uh th- there is an answer to this and but the answer isn't like you know in my opinion the answer is what's the worst steroid for you that's what I think it comes down to. Because we find, you know, that that one guy takes deca uh, and he loves it. Another guy takes deca and all of a sudden he's getting like all these, you know, crazy side effects, mental issues, erectile dysfunction. It's the worst cycle of his life. So for that guy, deca's probably the worst steroid ever. Uh I think that that it comes down to some things like dose, and duration in your own personal chemistry. Um, So unfortunately, we can't say there is a perfect steroid and we can't say that there is a worst steroid. But that said, I think that it's worth bringing up because I think that each of us do have a worst steroid ever. And I'm trying to think, you know, since we decided to talk about this, I've been trying to think of what my personal worst steroid ever would be. Uh, so, I want to turn it over to you and hear some of your thoughts and i 'll kind of like get my thoughts together on that one
0: from personal experience i 've not really had a worse steroid yeah. um, I was always to uh, i don't know I, I always seem to tolerate the drugs incredibly well uh, from a side effects point of view. Um, I mean, obviously, I did do damage with the doses I was running and the size I was, but uh, I never really suffered with bad size. I, I did get the the um, rosacea breakout where I was getting the real bad lumps that were almost like boils,
1: yeah.
0: Um, which from what I understand was more down to the central nervous system stress from both the cycle and the training and everything rather than a specific compound that was creating that. I tend to look at it more as because of basically because of the harm reduction stuff I do. I tend to look at it more of what drugs have the greatest known impact on health markets mm-hmm. and with that being said, the worst is always also going to be the best because the, the the bottom line is that the stronger the drug and the more effective it is, the harsher it 's going to be on your system sure, so when you start looking at, at Drugs that have the biggest impact on your health markers. We look at Trend, we look at DHP, we look at MENT, we look at Halo, yep. um, uh, Methyltrend, we look at those drugs, but they're also the drugs that generally have the biggest impact on performance. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it it's a bit like saying, I want the fastest engine, but I don't want the fuel consumption. Well, one comes with the other, they just they don't separate.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but from personal experience, I don't think there's ever really been a drug that I didn't get on with.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, there's drugs that I didn't feel I got much out of.
1: Yeah. EQ. I, I know I you don't like EQ.
0: Yeah, I've never been, I've never found EQ particularly amazing. Um, but I, I've, and obviously, I mean, at my big doses, stuff like Primo just wasn't worth considering because it's just just way too mild. You know, it just wasn't... It was going to pale in comparison to everything else that was going on. Yeah. But I, um, I'd never really had a drug where I had a really adverse effect and where I really had problems. Hey, yeah. up, Jay, how you doing? Um, but uh, so, yeah, my my mindset in it is probably the complete opposite of yours, really, because it's more... I, I look more at how they impact health markers um, rather than particular bad experience. But I mean, I, I know clients that have, I suppose the, the, the only thing I had problems with from a point of view of um, gear and injections was, was test, particularly test prop.
1: Mm, yeah, a lot of people have uh, be, painful shots I I,
0: I Yeah, I really struggled with swellings off test. I mean, even test and test sip, I struggled with swellings. But test prop, fuck me. If I was taking test prop, it was a quarter of a mil a shot. Oof. I could not take any more unless I'm blended. You know, if I mixed it with decor, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. But I, I couldn't take any more than a quarter of a mil, otherwise I'd get a big, and I mean a big, painful swelling. Hmm. Um Now, uh, and that was across several brands, so I don't believe it was a carrier oil-based or anything like that. It's just I I was always very sensitive to test as a compound. Yeah. Uh, And and I got a similar effect with SIP and ENF, but not to the same extent. So it was definitely to do with the concentration of actual test hormone. Uh, So, yeah, if I had a, a compound that I had problems with, it would be test and it would be injecting it.
1: Hmm. I would say, you know, not all of my experiences have been great. But none of them have been terrible. You know, like none of them have been like absolutely terrible. But I can say um, in recent history, last year, I had tried ment again. So I had used ment at 50 milligrams, uh, the, the acetate version, every other day um, years ago, 2009, I believe it was. And I was dieting at the time. Um, I managed to still get dry and hard with it. We didn't know much about it at the time, back then. And I figured, oh, it's new. You know, this is readily, this is available to me as an experiment. I'll try it. Um, I couldn't really tell too much of a difference with it because I was on a few different compounds. But this time around, everything was very controlled this past year. Everything was very controlled. Uh, I believe I was running, uh, maybe it was seven, no, 600 tests. And then I added in 100 milligrams of ment- An FA per week. That was it. And initially, it was fantastic. Like a week in, I started seeing more strength. I was pretty much my strongest ever. Uh, Body weight was up a substantial margin. Uh, Strength was you know just fantastic, and it kept getting better. The mint started driving it through the roof. But after a week or so, I started feeling moody. And then I started feeling dark. And it took me, I got about maybe four to five weeks in. Uh, I noticed I was getting like nipple sensitivity. I went from using a half a milligram of Arimidex twice a week to using one milligram every day and still was fighting a lot of fluid retention, still was fighting, you know, just a lot of issues. I got like some, I, I know it, it affected my libido. And then after I quit using it, my libido still felt affected for an extended period of time. I would say that, you know, it, I didn't, I, I don't have a horror story where, you know, that my my kidneys were damaged or that you could see some sort of physical, you know, something that happened to me, gyno, whatever, you know, nothing like that occurred. But I can tell you what, I was on a fantastic roll, everything was firing perfectly. Uh, like I said, strongest uh, to date, and then I threw that in, and it messed everything up. It 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 did not help me. You know, these are PEDs performance enhancing drugs. It didn't enhance my my experience. In fact, you know, it's not that I it, it's not that it stopped <coughs> it, but it definitely uh, took away from my ability to continue improving. I think that the lesson I learned from there is, you know, stick to the things that I already know. You know, I've had a ton of experience, and I think the smarter thing to have done would have been to lean into that experience and having picked from one of the numerous things that has worked successfully for me in the past.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the only thing that there's a problem with, obviously, when you're running multiple compounds is that sometimes that extra compound, it's not just the compound, but it becomes a totality of drugs.
1: Sure, absolutely,
0: um and, and the only way to really, really rec- tell is to try and run with just that compound on its own, or with very little of it and, and see if you get the same effects. So you know, and dose obviously plays a huge role in how we tolerate these drugs as well. I mean, you know, some people will be fine at certain doses, and they don't. I mean, how many people do you know that say, "I'm all right with trend at two four hundred mega a week," but as soon as I go over that, I'm just actually fucking crazy. Sure um so yeah um you know doses have an impact on on how you tolerate these things as well but uh, it's um i've always been very much to the belief that drugs don't fuck you up in that essence i mean it's an inanimate object it's something you choose to do Mm -hmm. but certain drugs react and act in certain ways that if you're not knowledgeable enough to control that compound, you're going to have major problems with it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's... I suppose it's just semantics, really, but I, I get a little bit of, well, you know, decadent didn't wreck your dick. You did by choosing to do that compound but also do it in the way you did it at the dose you did it with the drugs you did it with.
1: Um Absolutely. You can't just say that, you know, DECA does this because of the one experience you had. Because, yeah, if you were to, if your estrogen levels were in a different place, you know, if you had controlled that differently, you may have had a different experience. Now, with hmm. the ment, that was my experience that time. The time before, I couldn't really tell. You know, I couldn't, like I said, it didn't make a huge difference for me, plus or minus, uh, I would say that I bet a lot of people would say trend because the the mood changes that you get from it are very prevalent. You know, you don't necessarily yeah, see I mean, your HDL changing and go, "Oh my god!" You know, you don't feel that, but you know when you're in a bad mood from some trend, right?
0: Yeah, I would say for most people, drugs. That, I, I suppose in a way, it's probably a better wording this as: What drugs have you had the worst sides from, or, or what drugs have you had the worst problems with? Yeah. And I, I would suggest for a lot it'll be Trend and Decker, I, yeah. um, and and Decker will be mainly around gyno or, or um, you know, your dick not working properly rather than anything else. Yeah. Um, but uh, and it, I mean it's very easy to blame the drugs you're doing as well when sometimes you know there, there can be very much other factors involved, even just the amount of time you've been on psych rather than particularly the chemicals you're running. Hmm. I mean, we've all, I think most people who have cycled for any period of time have experienced that point in the cycle where things start to get a little bit sluggish and, and not quite sharp. and Sure. Everything just starts to, to you struggle with. And, and that's just, in most cases, a build-up of toxicity. I mean, there's stuff like thick blood that can implement that as well. But, I mean, that's just a case of, look, time to get off. Yeah. But, you know, we push through, don't we? we we're like, no, no. I'm doing 12 weeks because I said I'm doing 12 weeks and that's what I'm doing. So, uh, you know, this is week eight and I feel like shit, but I will spend the next four weeks feeling like shit and getting nowhere because I said I was going to do 12 weeks and and we added it that
1: way. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. That is so true. And, and I get it. You know, you see it written on paper, you know, uh, weeks one through 12, 500 tests and 400 DECA, weeks one through six, you know, 50 milligrams of D-ball every day. You can change that. You know, that's, that's a rough outline as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, that, maybe that's well, where you start, but it evolves.
0: We we do tend to buy to our cycles, so you do get this, well, I bought it, so I'm using it, yeah. and this is my cycle, you know, and yeah. and a bit of that comes in as well, um, and we do tend to, to not work very well trying to change things on the fly, but you do need to keep an open mind and review with your cycles and, and bear in mind that things may change. And, and it, it, it's not always drug related or side effect related. It can be personal life related. It can be work related. It can be lots of things.
1: Sure, sure.
0: You know, um, so it does vary dramatically depending on on who, where, and what they are doing.
1: All right. Well, I'd be curious to know anybody uh, who is watching and has had a worst steroid experience. What was your worst steroid? I, I would. I'm going to stick with the ment. Um, I would say DECA would probably be my second. Um, I've also had a decent experience. Oh, yeah, no, I'd say DECA is my second. Just because when I tried to push the dose higher, I didn't find it to be a pleasant experience. I, I, I didn't feel that I was getting uh, what I could out of it had I used more of Say EQ instead. And the time I had used it when I did do PCT and come off, it was very difficult to recover from.
0: Jason just said he um, trend ace for him. He got really bad trend cough.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that we're going to get a lot of people that would say trend. I'll be curious to see in the comments what people have to say. What that said, Dave, yeah. let's move on to our listener questions. We have a bunch of them. Um, I know there was the one about. Diastasis. We'll get to that. Um, ooh, wow. This is kind of a long thing. Uh, this. Do you remember we? This guy had commented before. Um, let's see. I'm gonna bring it up here, and then I'm also gonna open it on my computer so I can read it because this looks very small to me right now. He says, um, "Hi Scott and Dave. Um, I will be going in for skin reduction." Surgery, lower abdomen, and around the pecs this winter, Uh, probably around January. Date is still pending. You helped me to reach this decision, if you remember. I asked you about this in a past episode. I will have to stop lifting for eight weeks minimum, possibly up to 12 weeks, even if everything works well. Until then, I will be having a decent bulk until around the end of October, then starting a cut right until the surgery in early January and stay on maintenance during recovery, which will be quite low since I can't work out, uh, can't do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, maybe some light cardio at best. I was wondering, what was your take on this? What What would be the smartest way to go on when I can get back into lifting again. I still want to grow a lot of mass, currently sitting at 105 to 108 kilograms at 12 to 15% body fat. Hard to judge due to the loose skin. I want to be at at least 120 kilograms, 10% body fat. So just go back on uh, maintenance for the first course after surgery and then let my muscle uh, memory catch up all right, he's, he's kind of throwing out some suggestions there. Um, he's just just curious about feedback. Uh, still feels very far away and like a huge mountain to climb. My thoughts are all fuzzy and uh, doesn't have a clear picture. P.S. enjoy the, the previous episode about BPC-157 and TB-500. He's going to use that to speed up his recovery.
0: So I think his approach of dieting into the surgery is is sensible. I think the leaner he is prior to the surgery, the easier it is going to be for him to monitor fat levels post-surgery and and therefore stay in a a decent position body fat-wise. I do too. Um, When he starts to be able to exercise again, this is going to be a gradual thing. So initially he'll be able to bring in some cardio, which will be generally light cardio. Then he'll be able to bring in probably some machine work and particularly stuff that doesn't, cause stress to his, his core area. Um, and, and then as his recovery improves, obviously his ability to train harder and more intensely is gonna go with it. Having said all that, I, I, if, I, if I heard that right, he's talking about going on cycle as part of his recovery, which I don't think is, is particularly necessary or, or even particularly a good idea. Um, I There's gonna be a natural rebound. There's gonna be a, an, an element of, of natural muscle growth post-surgery because, or post-recovery because of the amount of time he's in a a, a a dormant state for want of a better term. So my personal approach would be to diet down, keep the diet tight while you're recovering, start with a gentle, large cardio and exercise, and then slowly start to bring the calories up as the intensity and the training increases and maintain that for a period of time. And then when you start to stall out, then I'd consider dropping on a cycle.
1: What do you think of this though? So he says he's gonna for right now. So we're recording this in August. He is going to basically do like a bulk right now. From now, well, I said to, he's
0: continuing his bulk, isn't he? So to, from now till this-
1: October, I would almost think that I would shift gears now. If he's 15 percent body fat, and they're going to remove loose skin, I don't want to give them as much loose skin as possible to remove. Why limit yourself and just do uh, doing October, November into December? Why not? Why not start now? I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna lose muscle, you know, through this. (laughs) I shouldn't do no. Let's say be lean. Yeah, that'd be my thought. I know that this is a big big deal. Like removing skin is not considered to be a light surgery. It's
0: no, it's massive risk of infection huge risk of infection um and, and though you're not going into muscular tissue in any way it's only the soft tissue on the surface that's a very large wound yeah um and obviously a large opening which massively increases the risk to infection because the more opening you've got the more ways you have of infection getting in
1: right exactly uh
0: so yeah, no, it's because one of the considerations for my uh, Durkham's and the removal of my um, lumps is to literally do an apronectomy. So yeah, they they cut they cut the skin across my stomach, literally peel it back, and then scrape all the lumps out effectively, and then lay the skin back down and stitch it back up. And they won't do it because the infection risk outweighs the ben- the medical benefit of the surgery. Oh wow, huh? So it, it's it's big stuff. is excess skin removal. Yeah, it's not it's not a light surgery at all. It, it's and you're going to be pretty fucking sore for for a while afterwards.
1: Yeah, I would imagine growth hormone would be good for that recovery. Uh, uh, that would be my let's go to. Uh, I don't
0: think TB um, and BBC are going to have much impact apart from lowering information. I would be more looking at GH.
1: Yeah, we well, got a question it's all here. Soft in Live feed question here. Uh, where is Mr. Cabbage? Where's the Cabbage? Dave? He's on you, holiday. You didn't bring him last episode.
0: He's on holiday.
1: We had like seven comments. People are going to stop watching the show. Did you lose him? No, no. He's on holiday. You lost him, didn't you?
0: No, I did not lose him. He is on the holiday. He will be back next week.
1: I thought you said that last we- time.
0: We have to take separate holidays. Well, he's not back. I can't help that. He got. He's in quarantine for his COVID. He has to stay in quarantine for eight to 10 days.
1: <laughs> All right. True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us, and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, he had a vision of offering high quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price they have a ton of different protein powders just about every type you could think of literally thousands of flavor combinations hit me up if you're interested in suggestions they offer health supplements i use their collagen and their fish oil and of course they offer performance supplements you can get bulk eaa powder or beta alanine You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high-quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. I'm speaking for the people, all right? Dave, the people want the cabbage. And listen, I want them to keep watching the show. All right? We got it. Dave, get the next week,
0: get the cabbage. My wife is threatening the cabbage.
1: What do you mean? How could she be threatening the cabbage if the cabbage isn't there?
0: Because she said that she's gonna hurt him when he comes back.
1: Hey guys, love the show. What are your thoughts on this cycle? Test 400 blend, 100 milligrams of NF8, uh, 100 sip in 200 uh, uh, test deck. That's the way you put it. Um, So one CC once a week, 20 milliliters. Oh, he's also has some uh, DG 20 milliliters. Uh, oh LDG uh four zero three three. I don't take that stuff.
0: No. Do the bloody glasses
1: work. Dave, it's you gotta understand, it's very small on my screen. And my screen's on They're the very other side big of the glasses. Room. I'll take a picture, I'll send it to you. Um of what I'm actually seeing here. This is what it looks like. Alright. I'll send that to you actually i'll post it on the show no, i don't want
0: this i don't want you i don't want your
1: excuses you
0: were supposed to be recording a professional podcast here and you're pissed about taking pictures of the screen because do you're you even flagged.
1: know do you even know about ldg
0: in what sense do you know what it, what, yeah do you, to, what?
1: do you know about it yeah. should we even answer his question or should we just move on
0: no we'll answer his question okay i mean my first concern with a test 400 blend is is it actually test 400 because For the most of the ones I've seen and experienced with, they've been severely underdosed.
1: He's also taking, he has 50 milliliters of Anadrol pre-workout. So I think he means 20 milligrams of LDG, 50 milligrams of Anadrol. He says I'm 43, 225. Uh, It seems to be working well. The Anadrol is fantastic. Huge improvements from, huge improvement from D-Ball in my opinion. Um, I've actually dropped weight, uh, but is mu- feeling much leaner and fantastic. What do you think of this cycle? Well,
0: I mean, I don't think there's anything in there I'm particularly concerned about. Yeah? Um, chances are his test is going to be mildly underdosed, so he's probably sitting about 300 to 350, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing in there that's scary. Uh, as long as he's not going to run the anadrol for extremely extended periods of time, I wouldn't be overly concerned.
1: What's LDG? I mean, I, I've heard of it. I have I seen it. I don't. I don't know much about it.
0: I don't know a huge amount apart from um, it's used as a SARM. I think I'm sure it's got fat loss properties on it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just. Sure I don't. I haven't paid attention to SARMs. And here's the deal: SARMs came after I discovered all the tools that work good in bodybuilding. And I don't know any pros that rely on SARMs. I know a lot of younger people that use SARMs, but I, I don't know I think anybody people who look has
0: at any. SARMs as, yeah, I think people look at SARMs as a way to add anabolic activity to the, their, their stack without particularly increasing the health risks. Yeah. Um, I think the, the thing, thing is with SARMs, restroom, well... Yeah, but the thing is with psalms, psalms were developed to be a tissue-selective, um, non-suppressive anabolic agent. Yeah. <clears throat> They've never particularly had one that does it all. Yeah. Um, uh, and really, it's actually the original one, so Wasterine or MK, whatever, it, I can never remember its number, numerical code, Um uh, and andronine S4 that have been the ones that have been carried through the furthest in research. A lot of the others have been dropped quite quickly either because one they are suppressive or two they aren't particularly tissue selective. Um, my understanding is that, that generally research within the SAMS category has taken a different turn and it's not that heavily being invested in anymore. And um, I mean, they've tried, I think it's YK that's built on a steroid backbone. Um, yes. And it, it became a much more effective anabolic agent, but it also was much more suppressive. And they are dose sensitive as well in the sense of how suppressive they are. But one of the big aspects of it was that they, they, they target muscle tissue so they don't affect the prostate and stuff like that, which is what a lot we're looking at. Yeah. But they've never quite really delivered what they promised, but... At the same time, having said that, I have seen some quite impressive results off Psalm only cycles for those that are very much at the lower end of their supplementation journey, shall we say.
1: Yeah. How many guys did you see turn pro with
0: that? That's not everybody's goal, Scott, is it? (laughs) Some people just want to be a little bit leaner, a little bit bigger, and and, and impress the girls on the beach, and that's as far as their dreams go.
1: Take a little bit less of the things that work
0: well they do work i mean you can't say they don't work they just it's a sliding scale of effectiveness against steroids at the end of the day yeah stop hating on sounds that's just not (laughs) not not needed
1: i mean that i am i am exaggerating my stance but i'm also kind of serious too i uh, i don't have anything really against them honestly but uh i don't really have much love for them either
0: I mean, it's like pro-hormones, isn't it? You know, uh, I'm taking a pro-hormone, so why not just take the oral equivalent? Um, Because in that situation, there is virtually no difference between the two compounds apart from the legality of the pro-hormone at the time. Yeah. Obviously, it's changed in the States now. It's still a bit unregulated over here. There's a few that they've listed, but there's a lot that they still haven't. Um, But it's... You know, I, I can see that argument much stronger with pro-hormones because they are effectively an oral steroid, so why not just take the oral steroid? You're not saving yourself anything in the sense of side effects or anything of that nature. True. The, the only thing you may be gaining is possibly a better quality drug.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll move on here then. Oh, you know what? No. There was one other thing I did want to ask you. Um You said... Test 400, I think that this would be a really good topic to discuss. Uh, you asked, well, is it really test 400? Now, uh, I, we have to expect that not everybody watching this show understands the, the basically the, the data that you have seen about uh, what are in some of these products that are floating around the black market. Uh, first of all, uh, dosing, I could see that being a problem, but you've shown me police records of lab analysis lab a lab analysis
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay yeah. We'll, are, yeah we'll go with that we'll go with that um to show that the things that were supposed to be like a blend of three different steroids only contained one
0: yeah it's i mean some labs are genuinely out there to to basically rip people off and they are just a money-making profit machine uh other labs do encounter problems you know if you're producing a, a blend of of three different types or four different types of testosterone and one of those raws is not available do you not make the blend or do you pump it out with the other three raws in there um and and so you know when you've got people screaming for product it's understandable that some lads will go you know what we, we've got no sipinate in this but we've got prop we've got nth and we've got hex so we'll we'll fire it out as it is yeah um, so i've seen that and sometimes they'll compensate by increasing the other the other ingredients to make up the dose but more often than not they just they'll keep everything the same and it comes out under dose i've never been a big fan of blends for that simple reason that it's much more difficult to come, to control or even to know if the product is correct um, and I'm always wary of anything that starts promoting doses of over 300 milligrams.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I, I also think there's a danger to taking a, a product that is at that high of a concentration. I've I've had personal experience, and this is this is ages ago. This was a really dumb mistake that I made. But I had a blend of uh, I think it was 250 test in 200 EQ. And I had some test 400. I ended up putting two cc's of the test EQ and a half cc of the test 400 in my quad in one shot. That's like a gram of total hormone in two and a half milliliters. It was sterile. It was clean. But guess what? I got an infection.
0: You get a a sterile infection.
1: Yeah. What ends up happening is, you know, that you get so that hormone is going to be like microscopic little crystals that are now sitting in your muscle, this foreign substance at a high concentration. Your body will recognize that and it'll see it as an invader. Uh, You can you can much more easily end up with an infection when you're using something like a test 400, especially if you did something like I did, where you're taking, you know, multiple cc's of it at once.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing is, generally speaking, if your test is dosed to that level, it should hurt like a fucking bitch when it goes in.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and just so people realise this isn't an infection in the normal sense of the terms. This is a false infection, so you get the same reaction as you do to an infection, but there's actually no foreign bacteria in there. It's just the body has a it will swell and it will inflame and you'll start holding fluid and everything else but it's actually you can you can even form sterile abscesses exactly When you form an abscess and there's no foreign matter in the middle of it It, yeah when you say false it's
1: not bacterial based but it is just as bad right
0: yeah oh the 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 actual result will be exactly the same um but it's not that you've got a bit of dirt effectively in there
1: yeah
0: yeah it's a reaction to the hormone itself or the crystals yeah but yeah, you can you can even form sterile abscesses, um, and it's still an abscess, and it still needs to be removed, and you still have to go through the surgery and everything else. So it doesn't benefit you any for the fact that it's non that it's sterile and, and not non sterile.
1: I got so lucky with my situation because it swelled, and um, you know I was putting a heating pad on it. I also found that if I would have a shot that didn't settle right and swelled, if I were to compress it lightly with like an ACE bandage around my leg before bed. A lot of times when I wake up in the morning, it would have like kind of pressed it out and dispersed it better. Um, But that that that,
0: is one of the problems, isn't it? It's that big depot of oil that sits and then isn't absorbed because there's just too much there.
1: Yeah, heating pad that can help to bring Mm. blood flow in and carry waste away. Uh, Those things didn't work. I went to an antibiotic, which I had procured, not from a doctor, (laughs) and it did not work. Uh, Then I went to a second antibiotic and I was at the point where I was like, "Okay, if this isn't getting better tomorrow, I got to go to the hospital and thank God it was getting better. But it was getting to the point day for like it was like turning colors
0: i've always been a great believer and whether this is right or wrong in what put it in will get it out and i've had a couple of what were potentially abscesses over my my career of injecting and literally i've just gone in with a green needle multiple times got an hard shower and um pushed it out
1: they can be dangerous too because if you were it to
0: you've got you've got to catch it early you do have to catch it early you you can't wait until it's established and, and this is, I think, a lot of people. They'll get a, a lump or a bump post injection, and and if you've got that, you need to be checking that at least once a day, if not twice a day, seeing if it's spreading, see if it's getting angrier, see if the skin tone's changing or the skin texture's changing, because you'll find quite often the skin texture will change. Yeah. And I've had, I've even had um, issues related to um, an internal bleed, so where I've had a little bit of a pool of blood
1: Hematoma, in a cavity. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's turned and gone, gone a bit manky and funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's you don't just because if you get pit post injection, do make a conscious effort to keep an eye on it. Um, even if it got to start drawing lines around the, the redness to, to make mm. sure and track to see if the redness is expanding or contracting. Yeah, because the sooner you catch these things, the much easier they are to deal with. Or if you let it go full blown, you you will most likely end up in hospital
1: yeah yeah I was close at that time i I lucked out. yeah, you got to be careful if you do try to draw it out as you said, because you can go septic if you were to pierce that and then spread the infection, you could if you were further along, it could land you in, in in the emergency room immediately if not, you know risk your life for that because basically your body's walling that off to save you, you know is what it comes down to.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's encapsulating that foreign matter so that it can't go system-wide. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's what an abscess is, isn't it? It's a protective enclosure around whatever it is the body's not liking.
1: Yeah. All right. Chris has a question on the live feed, uh, which I can read more easily. <laughs> is there any reason to have a maintenance period between a bulk and a cut? Yes. What's the reason? because I said so. Dave said so, so listen. Yeah.
0: No. um, So as you're progressing in your cycle and you're growing, obviously you're gaining new tissue. Um, Our bodies are still very prehistoric in a lot of ways uh, and they don't immediately accept that tissue as established. So if you go from a bulk straight into a cut, your body will sacrifice some tissue in an initial part of that cut. Mm. because it's not established. Uh, People call it set points. You can use whatever stupid terminology you fucking want. But the bottom line is it takes a period of time for your body to accept new tissue as permanent. And when it does that, then it will be reluctant to give that tissue up. The body's reluctant to gain tissue, it's reluctant to lose tissue, it's reluctant to gain fat, and it's reluctant to lose fat. So in all those changes of composition you have to go a little bit above and beyond to get it to do what you want it to do. But when you've just added tissue, if you don't protect that until it establishes as permanent tissue, your body will give it up very, very quickly. It will sacrifice it before it starts sacrificing other things Mm. because it's just not accepted it as being um, part of you. Um, I suppose that's the easiest way of putting it. It would be like, you go out, you've got a group of, of, new, of old friends that you've known for donkey's years, and then a new friend comes into the scene, but he wants to take you off into a different direction. You will tend to stay with your old friends, which is consolidated, and you'll drop the new friend. Hmm. Uh, and so if you think as a new friend as the fresh tissue and old friends as the established tissue, your body will conserve established tissue over newly formed tissue. It will drop that quite quickly if it wants to.
1: I think another factor is health. You know, if you've just pushed to your your max, you did everything you could in an off-season push. Uh, then I, I feel like you you may need a little bit of a break
0: before jumping straight into a cut. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's just I think a period of stabilization, both with mass, strength, food intake is advisable i know it doesn't always fit with people's schedules particularly when they're competitive because there's, the the show season's got longer and longer um, there's more shows out there there's more feds out there there's more availability to compete for a much longer period of the year so as a result traditional off season outside of the competitive season has got shorter yeah uh, and for a lot of people they don't feel they have the time um You know, how many times we've seen pros say they're going to take a year out of competing to put some decent mass on? Because they know in a normal season, they just don't have enough downtime to really make good, solid, noticeable progress in their off seasons.
1: Yeah. Ooh, Dave, I don't even know if this is a question, but we got this comment, and it was such a standout. I wanted to make sure that you saw it. So last episode, we talked about BPC and TB, and this guy, Ben, he says... Uh, I've been using BPC-157 after a machete accident to my wrist, which severed some tendons and my artery. After nine days, I've gone from barely being able to bend my fingers to being able to hang from a bar supporting my body weight and holding 20 kilograms uh, in the damaged arm without pain or discomfort. Uh, In my opinion and experience, BPC-157 is amazing stuff. I have been dosing it 500 micrograms three times a day. Noticed uh, since taking it, I've been craving meat, food a lot more, and been sleeping like 14 hours a day. Not sure if that's correlated. I don't know if that's correlated.
0: Well, actually, now that's really interesting he's put that.
1: Yeah, why, are you experiencing that too, Dave? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah i feel fucked everything seems to be hard work at the moment and i am really struggling to maintain a diet i am wanting to fucking eat
1: i feel like we're bearing the lead here the lead is this guy had a machete accident
0: oh no i mean yeah the the oh, right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey
0: uh, you know whatever floats your boat i'm not i'm not asking questions about that but it's funny. I mean, yeah, it, it does seem to be incredibly impressive stuff, but it, it is interesting that he's actually commented on some... I hadn't actually related to them aside from from what I was doing in the sense of the TV and the BPC. I just generally thought it was just, you know, a lot of work and and I just got fed up of fucking dieting, to be honest. But yeah. um, just for him to say that he's experiencing exactly the same things, is it, I mean two people is not enough to say that that's a, a side effect, but right. it's, it's definitely enough to say, hmm, I wonder how many other people that have run high dose of these compounds has found any lethargy or fatigue or, 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 any desire to fucking eat because I am starving.
1: I'll tell you what, I've been using a milligram and a half per day, uh BPC for the last three days. I've noticed no difference in my appetite or sleep. only been three days but it's a high dose
0: yeah let's let's see what you feel like next week and see if there's any change in that all
1: right i kind of screwed up my shoulder getting i'm getting back into training and of course not all my connective tissue wants to support that endeavor let's see here what else do we have okay um Oh, he says he asked this question in the last video, but I know you guys get a lot of questions. And I told him we have talked about this, but I told him we would revisit it a little bit today. So I figured I would ask again, have either of you seen any studies that show if sublingual administration of oral steroids is even bioavailable? I would think some of the metabolites from the liver uh, breakdown with oral administration would have effects, and also I know Dave always says they're fat soluble. Thanks, love the show.
0: Okay, so am I am I getting this right that he's suggesting that if you used oral sublingually, you'd bypass the liver?
1: I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, but you wouldn't. No, it just done the first pass, it would be in your bloodstream, and then it would hit your liver.
0: Yeah, because it passes through your liver in your bloodstream, so right. it, it goes into the stomach, it's absorbed into the bloodstream, it passes around, goes through the liver, stresses the liver. If you inject it IV, it would do exactly the same thing, uh, and, and if you sublingual, it would enter your bloodstream. So the only difference would be that if you did it... Sublingually, you could potentially offset issues with it binding with non-dietary fats in the stomach. Yeah. And, and potentially not have any... Well, have have less stomach stress because obviously a lot of the appetite suppression from oral is actually down to liver stress rather than down to anything to do with the stomach. But uh, there is an element of, of stress to the stomach as well. Um, I'm not so sure... If your standard compound makeup would be particularly, um, or would lend itself particularly well to sublingual administration,
1: I've seen um, one guy, one source. But uh, they do a
0: farmer Anivar that's sublingual.
1: That's the one. I yeah, I've got those. I was I was yeah, the one yeah, who sh- yeah. I might have even shown you on the show at one point. Those yeah. there, are they're, uh, they were from a. Um, uh, what do you call it? It, 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 it? The the word's not coming to me for some reason. I'm blanking. Uh, the types of farm phar- compounding pharmacy. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. They came from a compounding pharmacy, and they're these little wax <coughs> cubes that uh, somebody gave me. Um, there is a UGL guy uh, who was doing sublinguals, uh, known as the China Man, if, no. you're, familiar, <laughs> if you're familiar with him.
0: No, not at all.
1: Okay, he's old school. (laughs) That's a a hint right there. I pointed at an organ in my body. Aye. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. There's some people out there who know what's going on right now. Okay, we'll move on.
0: I haven't got a fucking clue. You'll have to explain to me later.
1: Info on GHK copper peptide. I just did a show uh with um vigorous Steve. So we could you could reference this if if they're interested. Um I haven't used it, but I'm interested in checking it out. It's supposed to be pretty hip for rejuvenation purposes.
0: I am not aware of it, so I have no knowledge whatsoever.
1: We could get Carl Lenore on to talk about that. He'd go crazy for a little while. <laughs> remember remember Carl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a friend who's using it for uh, heart remodeling. I guess.
0: Okay, Nova's been shown to be quite effective at heart remodeling. Not Nova, sorry, uh, Ramapril, low dose Ramapril. Ramapril? Why did I say Nova? Yeah, Ramapril, one point five oh, yeah. milligrams a day has shown to be quite effective long term at heart remodeling from heart failure. Yeah,
1: hmm. that rings a bell. All right, um, Rob Taylor, he says. Uh, been off cycle for about 12 weeks, 650 test, 400 trend. Now I am having slight muscle spasms, little ones, but frequent. Uh, is my nervous system asking me for a break? Uh, do I need a session with a chiropractor or deep tissue? Or is my body telling me to get back on the gear? <laughs>
0: Um, What we don't know is, did he PCT, has he gone on TRT, where his test levels at, Uh, what's his hydration? Uh, Generally, muscle spasms, muscle cramps are usually something around hydration or salt. I asked him um,
1: a follow-up, actually. I asked him about hydration. Oh, okay. Well, why didn't you say that? I forgot. Um, I asked him where he's getting the spasms and how much water he's drinking, he said quads, side and rear delts and abs um says uh i've been killing it really hard still and me uh for me 525 rack pulls and partial deads about the same he's drinking about a gallon and a half he's here in michigan so, dave it's hot it's really hot what's, here
0: in michigan what, what's his salts like um what's his test levels like because they could all be playing an impact into that
1: i'm thinking i'm thinking uh minerals it's hot here in yeah, Michigan. Yeah,
0: that's where I would go initially, definitely. But I, i've seen I've seen low test levels create spasms in people before now. Or shall we? No, that's probably the wrong way of putting it. I've seen people that have low test levels post cycle complain of spasms, and then go TRT, and the spasms reduce. Whether the two are associated is difficult to say. Yeah but we know that gear has an impact on nitrogen levels and as a result also on on protein intake and such like. So there is potential that it has some carryover, though I'm not certain. Hmm. But my first thought would be if you're taking 1.5 gallons of litres a day, so you're doing 12 pints, so 6 litres, that's a decent amount of water. So are you flushing out because
1: you're not having enough salts? I, I think that would be my thought. That would be my first port of call, yes. Laser chimed in. He said about the BPC, he says, I didn't notice any increase in hunger, and I had used 750 micrograms two times a day for a while.
0: Did you notice any fatigue, Laser?
1: Laser always watches the show. I wonder what he's doing. I know. He's a, I mean, I, I'm glad he watches the show. But I wonder what he's doing. Does he, you think he has a job?
0: No? Maybe he's he's an international spy.
1: It's possible. He could be like a Fed Mm. keeping his eye on us.
0: You're you. You're the dodgy one.
1: Dodgy. That's all we got, Dave. That's all our questions.
0: Well, you're dodgy. That's all we've got.
1: (laughs) I'm actually uh, considering starting a cycle.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah i uh a, a mountain bike or a stationary bike or, or you know, a drop handled racer, what sort of electric one? I mean, what sort of cycle are you after?
1: Laser works from home. So that means he can watch our show and tell his boss, like, Oh yeah, I'm getting everything done. You know So
0: does laser work from home or is Laser just at home? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he should be working. I bet he's not. Oh, he does cybersecurity. cybersecurity. Wow. Huh?
0: Well, you said he was a fed.
1: Yeah, it's kind of related, right? Yeah. It wasn't too far off. Scott says, I would look super on a unicycle. Uh, no, I'll tell you about it on the next show. How does that sound? I'll, I'll unveil the grand plan.
0: I recommend 400 milligrams of test a week, so that's it.
1: That's it? All right. Yeah. That's well, we'll see if I take you up on that. Dave... It's always a pleasure, my friend. You're going on vacation. When are you going on vacation?
0: Uh, 18th of August. So FitEx this weekend, everybody. Go to FitEx, go to Eval, spend money because I'm skin and I need to go on holiday.
1: Get some blood work done. Can you remove a pint? Like if I came out there, could you pull a pint of blood for me?
0: All our services are running. Okay. Everything. We have two full treatment rooms within the expo, both everything from IVs to bloods to everything. I'm having to take fridges over and stick them in hotel rooms and stick them in the expo and all sorts.
1: So, like, listen, who in bodybuilding doesn't need a pint of blood removed? You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to FedEx, get that done while you're there. Uh, Of course, go to our great sponsor, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK to get some additional savings. Check out our Patreon. I will have that linked in the the notes. Uh, Dave Crossland, as always. Oh, Go to crosslands.org.uk, like the sign says in Dave's background. I'll see you, Dave.
0: Take care, my friend.